Want to hear a joke about a piece of paper? Never mind. It's terrible. Look at my feed! What do you see? The Pope of Positivity. Happy Wednesday out there, uh, neighborhood. It is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI here with another edition of the Pontificast. Third day in a row. This will probably be it, only because DDT Wrestling records tomorrow, and I don't think I want to spoil the great conversation I'm going to have with Doc Manson at Doc Manson. So, again, I never promised this to be a daily show. Um, I think that puts a lot of pressure on me, and... It just it will it'll just mean you know I up until about twenty twenty five minutes ago I wasn't even planning on doing this show and then I finally put some ideas together that I thought would be a pretty decent pontificast and it helps that I have this to sip on pardon me will you please mm. I am uh I, I I'm cheating on Doc Manson just a little bit there is a seasonal concoction that I am drinking of my own design, though I'm sure it's not an original idea. Um, it is apple cider and Goldschlager. Uh, Goldschlager is a cinnamon um, liqueur, I believe, with actual flecks of what look like gold in there. So there are actually flecks of gold in my cup. <clears throat> it's, you know, I bought one of those small little bottles of the Goldschlager. Um, it has a name, but it makes me uncomfortable to say. But I bought one of those. And, you know, I poured the whole thing into the cup, and then I filled the rest with the apple cider. And so some sips are stronger than others. I had to mix it a bit, which probably is something you should do with all um, alcohol. It's a testament to the fact that I don't drink very much. Not only because I didn't realize to stir it until after I took a sip and went, Ugh. but, um because I've drank half a glass and uh, it's warm in here. Now, it was warm in here anyways, but it's, you know, there's that kind of heat you get when you've started to drink and your body temperature goes up. Um, but either way, it is delicious. It is seasonal. It is fallish. I might get another one um, to drink on a future DDT wrestling. But Doc's the one with the pumpkin spice concoctions. You, you know, I, I'm not as entertaining of an eater as Doc Manson. Um I am, however, a, a big fan of food, and so one of the things I wanted to start with was I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about potentially giving some cooking tips, and I know out there in the neighborhood, we have people of all ages and walks of life and things, um, and you know some of you are, are apt in a kitchen, um, Hyphen Smith and among others are apt in the kitchen, and some of you might not be, so I wanted to take just a couple of minutes, because it is a pod blast. Um, to give you some tips on making uh, what I would consider to be a restaurant-style grilled cheese sandwich. Um, you know, I grew up with take two slices of potato bread, butter one side of each slice, put Kraft Singles American cheese on there, and put on a frying pan. And don't get me wrong, that's an amazing sandwich. 
you know, grilled cheese are much like pizza and other things in that even the bad ones are usually pretty good. Um, but <clears throat> the grilled cheese that I make uh, these days is is a step above, I think. And, and I'm not, it's not gourmet. I don't think I could ever sell it out of a food truck necessarily, but I can get pretty close. So a couple of tips. Number one, you want to get rustic bread. I'm talking, I go with sourdough myself. I usually go to uh, my local Mega Mart. I purchase some sourdough. I go for the round loaves, not the oblong loaves. Um, and what's nice is most uh, bakery departments will slice your bread for you if you ask. So I take the sourdough loaf. I did it just the other day. I brought it up to the counter, asked if they could slice it. Two minutes later, I had a bag of sliced sourdough bread. Um, I would normally do it a little thicker than the one I got, but it's still pretty good. So you want that kind of bread. You can choose whatever bread. The, the key to cooking, I think, is to focus on the things you like. Here's the problem. When you follow a recipe and you don't like some of the ingredients on there, well, you're probably not going to like the food because no amount of cooking or seasoning or any of that is going to change the flavor or texture that you might be uh, opposed to. So you get some good, crusty bread. Bread that's not going to fold under pressure because... Um, let's move on to the cheese. Uh, again, customizable options are good, but I go with a variety of cheeses. There's a three-pack that I pick up. I've done this lately, but again, you can play with it depending on your own preferences. It's American, Colby, and provolone, I think. It might even be sliced mozzarella, Colby, and provolone. It shows you that I don't really pay too much attention. Um, but you want a variety of of cheeses just for a depth of flavor. And again, I pick three fairly mild cheeses. We have mild taste buds here at Matthew's Place. I don't know what I call it. It's Manson Manor, Matthew's. We're not a mansion. Matthew's Motel. That sounds bad. Matthew's. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Matthew's Place kind of has a nice ring. It's like Melrose Place, a show I never watched. Um, but you want different different cheeses you know you don't want it to be one note and so you get your different cheeses and again pick the cheeses that you like to eat um i like sliced versus shredded shredded cheese tends to get everywhere the flipping is difficult with shredded cheese uh sliced cheese works best so take your crusty rustic bread don't butter it i actually just take a pat of butter throw it in a pan. You want the pan nice and hot. Don't let the butter get brown, but you want that butter starting to bubble a little bit, starting to spit a little bit. Lay your bread down. Give it a couple of seconds just to kind of get comfy there in the pan. Then lay out your cheese. Don't skimp. All right. Grilled cheese are not supposed to be super healthy. It's a grilled cheese. Uh, don't skimp. I use three to four, maybe more slices per sandwich depending on again the kinds of cheese and the ratios of things like that lay out your cheese you want an even layer don't shove it all in the middle you want some to get to the outside some to get to the inside try to spread it out if you have to tear your slices into pieces go for it it's all going to melt in the end i put i actually layer you know on both sides of the bread so you've got both slices of bread there you've got cheese on both sides let them cook don't put the sandwich together yet. Watch it. 
wait for until you see the cheese starting to melt. You'll notice the texture of the slices getting a little more liquidly, starting to bubble a little bit. That's when flip one, get a good spatula, a hearty spatula, nothing, nothing flimsy. You want a decent spatula. Flip one slice of bread over onto the other. Let the cheese start to adhere to each other. Give it a minute. And then again, flip. Now, here's another secret. Depending on your preference level, you might want a really toasty grilled cheese. You might want a lightly grilled cheese. Problem is, if you're one of those, like the people in my house, who like a lightly grilled cheese, sometimes the cheese doesn't have as much time to melt before the bread starts to burn. It happens. Here's what I do. It's a secret that I actually got from... Not for a grilled cheese per se, but I got it from um, an Anthony Bourdain book, Kitchen Confidential, highly recommended if you're a food fan or, you know, a kitchen cooking, any sort of thing. It's a great book. I really do recommend it. Take it, put it on a plate, microwave. Seems like cheating, but it's not. Microwave, 10 seconds, 12 seconds. You could go to 20 seconds, but once you get above that, you start to risk the bread losing that crusty, you know, you don't want soggy bread in a grilled cheese. You want some crust there. You want the difference in texture between crusty bread, soft, gooey cheese. So stick it in the microwave, 10 or 15 seconds. The cheese will finally melt. Take it, slice it. I like to do a diagonal cut because, again, you've got sourdough is a, you know, it is an oblong piece. Diagonal cut. You can cut it into fourths if you want to make it feel like home, you know, like you got, you know, when you were at home and as a kid coming home from school, delicious. Doesn't need any dipping sauce, doesn't need anything. It's perfect as it is. That's my grilled cheese. If you have a grilled cheese recipe, if you have uh, adjustments or comments on the technique, it's what works for me. You might do it differently. Send it on over at DC Matthews NAI or ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Maybe we'll talk about it on another show. I spent way too much time talking about grilled cheese and Goldschlager, so I'm going to have to drop down here. Oh, I already got rid of it. I was going to talk about baseball. That'll have to be another show. Uh, the wild card game's still going on. Let's talk NXT for a minute. After I have some of my cranky juice. Um, NXT uh, is tonight. It's Wednesday. As I said, um, some of you will be listening to this Thursday. Shout out to you, Brandon. Um, happy for you that you got on day shifts. Good for you. Welcome to the world of the living. Glad you're not a work vampire anymore. Um, listens to the Pontificast on his lunch break. Awesome choice. Thank you very much. Um, but NXT is happening. Leo Rush is going to make his NXT debut, taking on Aleister Black. Seems to be a trend. Aleister Black is now the guy that other guys make their debuts against. Fish, O'Reilly, now Leo Rush. Um, NXT is interesting right now. There's a lot of star power in NXT, but there's not a lot of star power in NXT. And let me take a minute to explain what I mean. A lot of big names in NXT. Drew McIntyre, heavyweight champion. Cassius Ono, Roddy Strong, um, Adam Cole and company. I am not calling them the Undisputed Era. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you've got Kyrie Zane, May Young champion. You've got all of this talent there. Leo Rush, Aleister Black, of course. Um, but there's not, with the exception of Aleister Black, I probably shouldn't have mentioned him at all because he's the exception to the rule in this case. Um, 
Not a lot of star power. There's nothing, you know, watching Roddy Strong or Cassius Ono or Drew McIntyre doesn't make me want, hearing about them having a match doesn't make me want to turn on NXT. Um, and that's a problem. You know, Roddy Strong, we kind of expected that. Roderick Strong, a, a lovely story career-wise, uh, great in-ring wrestler, not going to set the world on fire charisma-wise. You kind of take that and you, know, you accept that. Um I don't know what's going on with Cassius Ono, but I've seen nothing from him that makes me super excited. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't wild about Drew McIntyre the first time. Now, granted, a lot of that was during my lost year, so I missed some of it. But he's not doing anything to super excite me as champion. Um, so a lot of these top guys are kind of vanilla, if you will. They're, they're a little bland. Uh, and so... NXT usually has some sort of star power. Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke. There's usually some sort of pizzazz guy that makes you want to watch. Right now, it's Aleister Black. Right now, Aleister Black, Aleister, Aleister Black is the guy in NXT. Forget the championships. We could have that conversation, um, how WWE has proven lately that championships almost don't matter. That's a conversation for another show, maybe even an actual full DDT wrestling to have that conversation. But Aleister Black is the guy. I like Lars Sullivan. He's really exciting. And Cole and company are going to be good. But there's not a whole lot else. You know, when your UK guys who aren't even really NXT superstars are some of your big draws, that's saying something. Women's division, you know, We'll see as we get towards this fatal four-way, but not a lot of excitement now that Asuka's gone. Uh, tag division. Yeah, Red Dragon's there, except they've not wrestled a tag match. Well, no, they did last week, I suppose. But, um, you know, and then it took me a while to remember Sanity was the NXT champions, tag team champions. But you've got Heavy Machinery, you've got Street Profits, not a lot of guys coming up. So NXT's in a weird place right now. I've said hundreds of times what I think needs to happen. They've got to expand. This hour thing isn't doing it for me, but that's, again, I've said that before. Go find my comments on that on Twitter or on other podcasts. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to watch Aleister Black. Leo Rush is supposed to be very good. This is one of my first times I'll be watching him tonight. But I'm hoping for something from NXT going forward. Again, share your thoughts with me. Uh, Twitter, email, what have you. Let's take a look at the history books as we head towards the 15-minute mark. Uh, today's birthdays, not a lot of super exciting. Chief J. Strongbow, pioneer, wrestling, Native American superstar, although he might be the guy who's not actually Native American. I should have done my research. This is what happens when you decide to do a podcast at the last minute. Linda McMahon, matriarch, of WWE and the McMahon clan now has a job in the government. Uh, and then Abyss, which is an interesting guy. I'd like to talk about him a little bit more. Again, I want to bring Doc in on that conversation because, you know, Abyss is one of those interesting guys where you wonder what would have happened if he made it to WWE. Um, but uh, today in history, pay-per-view-wise or wrestling show-wise, I want to talk about uh, a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. I think this is from 2009. I didn't copy that part, but I'm pretty sure this is from 2009. Um, Hell in a Cell 2009. Uh, in the opening match, The Undertaker wrestled CM Punk in a Hell in a Cell match for the World Heavyweight title. That should have been very good. 
uh, although it only got two and a half stars according to ProFightDB. I think they copy the Meltzer rankings. Uh, John Morrison, who's the Intercontinental Champion heading into that match, wrestled Dolph Ziggler. Mickey James uh, wrestled Alicia Fox. So she's on Raw. So she won't be wrestling at this Hell in a Cell. Ziggler will be, though. Ziggler will be at two Hell in a Cell pay-per-views in 09 and 17. Uh, Jericho, I don't care what the WPAN says. I love that name. Jericho took on the team of Batista and Rey Mysterio. There's no great way. Batisterio, I guess, would be how you spoonerize those names for the tag team titles back when there was only one tag team title, despite the fact that there were two brands. Another Hell in a Cell match, Orton versus Cena. Uh, we'll see Orton at Hell in a Cell, though not in a Cell match. Drew McIntyre, the NXT champion, took on R-Truth in a... They probably had to throw that in at the end to make sure they filled time. Triple threat match for the U.S. title. Kofi Kingston, Jack Swagger, and The Miz. That's a match I'd be interested in watching. And the main event was uh, DX, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, taking on Legacy, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. in another Hell in a Cell match. So this is a pay-per-view that had three Hell in a Cell matches, two singles and a tag. I find this interesting because um, we've talked about this. Hell in a Cell's coming up. We know of at least two Hell in a Cell matches. That'll probably be it. Uso's New Day, Owen Shane. But there could have been others. You could have made a case for Jinder and Shinsuke in a Hell in a Cell. People might not have wanted to watch it, but they could have done it. Charlotte versus Natalia could have happened. I'm interested to know. I'm questioning the neighborhood. I remember the days of TNA lockdown where every match was in a cage and it didn't work out well because it just got one note. This is the problem with pay-per-views like this is they become one note. How many Hell in a Cell matches do you think is too many? Some of you might want to see all of them. Some of you might want to see Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler in a Hell in a Cell for no particular reason, or Orton and Rusev in Hell in a Cell for no particular reason, though I guess they might have a feud that justifies it. Um, but I'm just curious. How many is too many? Is two too many? Is three too many? Would you know? Is there no minimum? Uh, so fill me in, neighborhood. Again, at DC Matthews NAI, uh, DDT Wrestling at gmail.com. I want this to be as close to a conversation as possible while having a single-person podcast, so or pod blast, if you will. Um, so let me know. A couple of things for you to for shout at me. Grilled cheese tips. Uh, what was the other thing? NXT. Thoughts on NXT. Thoughts on Hell in a Cell matches. Because uh, that's coming up right quick. A couple days. Uh, Doc and I will be doing our predictions and productions uh, probably later this week on DDT Wrestling. So, again... Thank you, and thank Goldschlager, because really, once I realized that I could uh, imbibe during this, the idea of recording became much more interesting. So thank you again. I appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to these pod blasts. It's an experiment. I don't know how many of them I'm going to do. Um, hopefully a couple a week. This might be it for this week. Uh, but still, I'm out there, DC Matthews, NAI. Let me know where you're at, what you're thinking. I'm really irritated with Don Matthews, who joined Twitter in February of 2009 and took at DC Matthews. That's the name I want. I don't want to do with underscores. I don't want to deal with periods. I want at DC Matthews. So if I think she has her tweets protected, but maybe we can try to convince her to get off of Twitter because I don't think she actually tweets. Uh, and give me my name. That's what I want. I am DC Matthews, at DC Matthews, NAI. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Pontificast. Until we meet again, my friends, we'll see you.
around the neighborhood. <laughs>